Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at the table. Let's <laughs> just say something else. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. Today we are giving you an update on where we're at with our community groups and cultivating gospel-centered community. I'm kidding. <laughs> what other kind of community are we cultivating? Yeah. We're also talking about cultivating grass in our front yard. That is true. So there's that. The grass needs some cultivation. Yeah, and then along with the cultivation of our grass, we're also just doing up. What's the what's the stuff in the middle that we talked about? Rhythms. Ah. Or, 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 just kidding. Not yeah. Those kind of rhythm. And I think this is just a concept that we're working through, unpacking. Like, why have rhythms? What's what's this all about? And I'm thinking of this concept of just this mental minimalism. Somehow, I want to coin this Ooh. term. The reason we have rhythms is to declutter our mental space. <gasps> Yeah, let's put that on a t-shirt. Mental minimalists. I am a mental minimalist. There you go. More than an actual minimalist. Probably. Right. I like the idea of minimalism than actual minimalism. I like to consider myself a maximalist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. If you think you're a maximalist, take one look in that closet. You definitely have more shoes than me. A hundred percent. There you go. So. I have... I would like to say that for literally six years, of, well, I guess seven years of our marriage, we shared one teeny tiny closet in every house that we were in. And now I have my own closet and, well, not really, but I have my whole side. And I just, I'm just going to have to buy some clothes because yeah. I don't get enough to fill it up. What's What good is a closet if there aren't <laughs> any clothes in it? So. But between the two of us, you definitely are not the minimalist. I'm not even going to deny it. Yeah. You literally just bought a new pair. I did. <laughs> so there you go. Well, so there it is. Hope you enjoy. All right, my love. So we wanted to get an update from you. Because we've been Who's all... we? All of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the extrovert between the two of us. And I just wanted to see how you felt having gone through the women's Bible study and our first week in community groups we did all the things this week yeah and our kids well evie started awana yeah so she's got her extroverted time and then you met somebody yeah for coffee i mean you were out i know out and about here yeah. there and everywhere yeah so how do you feel i'm a little bit tired now <laughs> <laughs> but you also did you know everybody got no, sick i'm kidding, I'm kidding yesterday um that that is true i felt so man it was so energizing to the first event was the ladies bible study and i haven't been to a ladies bible study in a very long time and so i think one of the things that really impressed me about it was that the study was created in-house yeah and there wasn't like a ton of mention of the the team that did this but what i really liked is that there was just a unit utilization of the gifts within the body to come up with this curriculum that we're going to go through and and study and it's very exegetical it's very um kind of taking verse by verse i really just was impressed by that that there's a team full of ladies who gets to use their gifts in that way in, in teaching. And maybe they're not the one who stands up in front of the group, but they're behind the scenes coming up with the curriculum or making the designs for the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, so there's someone who's maybe really skilled in graphic design or things like that. And so I love that. And then at each meeting that we come to, there's another person again within the church who's like another lady who's going to actually teach. And so instead of like watching a video of like, you know, doing a curriculum where it's this other this ex- external Bible teacher. Yeah. yeah, this external Bible teacher. And then you watch the video and then you discuss it as a table. There's somebody from the body, like who, there's a woman from the body who is teaching for that week. And I just thought, man, that's such a neat utilization of gifts within the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really impressed by that. That was a great experience. I was, I'm very excited to be, to get to know the ladies, you know, who are in my or at my table, I guess. and Yeah, because you guys get split into tables, mm-hmm. round tables, where you have discussions together. That's pretty common, I would say, for like women's ministry type mm-hmm. gatherings that are larger in nature. Mm-hmm. And so... Do you tell each other you guys were beautiful children of God? Oh, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, it was just really... What was also neat is that it was very generational. I think they, they kind of mentioned that they try to... Um, Multi-generational. Make, make it that way as, yeah. as best as possible. Um, and so there were two ladies who were like in their 50s or 60s, two ladies mm-hmm. who were maybe in their like 30s, 40s, and then mm-hmm. 20s, 30s. And so I was just like, wow, that's really, it's just neat to be around a table full of women who are in different seasons, right. stages, you know, and be able to learn from each other. So. It wasn't all... 30-year-old moms with children under the age of five. And I think there are times where that is super helpful. But I think there is so much value in that multi-generational kind of experience of being able to just learn and grow from each other, with each other, um, being at different stages. Mm -hmm. You know, there's different insights and different wisdom on both sides, you know, that can be gleaned from. And so... I just haven't been a part of a multi-generational setting like that in a while. And it was so just refreshing right. to be able to see gray hair. Yeah. Just see that and experience it. And it's funny because you put multi-generational people at a table and you're going to have, you know, your boomers are going to do a lot of the talking. Like they're just like, I used to train on generations, right? When I yeah, was like boomers. working with leaders. So it's funny because you see all those dynamics play out and you're just like, okay, let somebody mm-hmm. else are talking. You know, you start to think these things, but I really have just at that, you know, at this time in my life, I am so wanting that, that I'm like, man, I love, that. you know, so-and-so <laughs> just, you know, she's got an answer for everything. Yeah. I love it. God bless her. You know, I'm just like, I, I've missed it. And yeah. so I see the value in it. I see how good it is for me mm-hmm. and to set my preferences, my ways of thinking, my ways of operating, my ways of being on, you know, aside yeah. and really be able to just hear from, learn from, be with other women. Yeah. And so it's really valuable. I think it's just so cool to be reminded in this past week of just how, God's work is everywhere and that he's doing something in this new place, new to us place, but that it is something that's been going on for years. And Mm -hmm. like literally today we can get back to this, but the, the class we took today to learn more about the church as a whole Mm -hmm. was just another reminder of, wow, there's even a lot of things that had to be put in place 
through in a lot of ways also just the prayer of people leading up to where the church that church is today mm-hmm. that made where they're at today possible yeah and so you can just see god's favor or his hand at work throughout all of this and it's just something that i'm constantly reminded of anytime i go someplace that's new and there's also a body of believers there who are worshiping the same god mm-hmm. that just tells you this this global church idea of god's working in all of these different areas it's just something that i get more perspective in every time i step into a setting where you can be like the woman's bible study as an example is to me hearing that from you is so evident of god's work at in that specific setting that made that possible because of all of the believers stepping into their obedience and giving their giftings to make that class possible. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, you would be, you know, you could be looking at me right now and be like, oh, obviously that's what made it possible. But it's just a reminder that God's working everywhere yeah. and his church is present everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so cool to be able to witness that and see that and participate in that and know and be reminded of that reality that it's not obviously it's not like just localized to lynchburg where we were so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think another thing that was really neat that we got to experience was that their groups mostly take place on wednesday and align with the kids ministries that was super cool the families and the kids are there together and if you are in a group and you need child care your kids are either in Awana or there are like nursery leaders there mm-hmm. to watch your kids. And it was so crazy that like everybody was in the building at yeah. the same time. It was so many people, yeah. but also like makes it so easy for families. Like in our situation, it's so difficult. It's, it's a real challenge for us to be a part of a group of three and a one year old. You You're know? right. And without getting childcare and you know, that can be an investment at times. And if we're going to invest in something, I'd rather invest in childcare for a date night for our marriage, you know? And so not that groups aren't important, but like (laughs) there are, we we also need to be cultivating our marriage, you know? And so there's just a lot of hurdles to jump through to be able to say yes to something like that. And it's not that that's not important, but you got to figure out like what's the most important, you know? And, just being able to like have that in place was like such an easy yes. Yeah. Like we can commit to this because our kids also, like, yeah, they're going to be out a little bit late, but like they yeah. still are going to be cared for in that time. And it's not something that we have to pay for, you know? And so that it's was a win-win. Just, it was a win-win. And yeah. um, that was a really neat, experience i think as well i mean there were a ton of people in that (laughs) like it was buzzing but yeah it was also just like we're all kind of experiencing this together and our kids are a part of this too Mm -hmm. even though they're not necessarily with us in our Mm -hmm. group like they're experiencing their own like mini version of group you know Mm -hmm. so and evie was buzzing oh my goodness she was like so her heart was so (laughs) all afterwards you could tell she loved it yeah not only that it was also (laughs) it was funny because on the way home i had forgotten that she 
usually is in bed by the time it gets dark. Yeah. And so with listening to her just look out the window and realize, wow, it's dark. And she's like, Dada, is it? It's so dark outside. And I'm like, wow, this is very rare for you to be out of the house this late where this where it's dark Mm -hmm. and you're still awake right and so um not only was she so excited she just could not stop talking the whole car ride home stream of consciousness yeah yeah and that's how she is when she's excited but also just like wow you're also up way later than you normally are and it's kind of funny and and judo's He's like, just give me to bed, man. (laughs) He's like, dude, just put me to bed. But yeah, I think it's really cool because that church obviously has a lot of kids. Yeah. And so they are solving this question mark that all parents all over that church have with respect to, okay, I do want to get into a group, but what do I need to do? Like, how do I Mm -hmm. get plugged in when I need to do something about the children in terms of you know, childcare. Yeah. And it's like, well, we've got a wanna going on at the same time. And so yeah, that's been something that we were like, yeah, of course we're gonna do this. This is like the easiest way for us to get plugged into and put on our pull ups as mm-hmm. a reference to the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And making sure we can get plugged into and like meet other people in this area. And so yeah, I think that was really cool as well. And I think this was specific to our group too where it was married couples with like young families Mm -hmm. yeah young young families or married couple whatever it is yeah just like whatever our stage is and so um one of the families had like kids that were melting down they came into the group and the mom had to leave early and for us it's just like no we get it yeah i know you don't even have to explain yourself yeah and just do your thing and it's almost like you know, everybody's everybody's been out to that battlefield. Yep, yep. We know what that's like. So don't feel like you have to say or do anything to make it right. Yeah. So that's just cool, too, in terms of just there's a sense of understanding amongst those people because mm-hmm. we're all on the same stage of life. Yeah. And yet at the same time, there is still a lot of variety with like the types of groups that you can get plugged into. Yeah. Like the reminder today, you know, the class today had like a traditional Sunday school option for people who were maybe older that were used to the traditional Sunday school option. Yeah, they just, they formed a group that met at like 8 a.m. on Sundays before the service. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was so cool. I thought so too. And of course, they're like in their late 50s, 60s. Yeah. Because that's the means by which they deepened their faith was through traditional Sunday school and they want to retain that. And so there's just a lot of different modes of being able to enter into community that, that that they have made available in that even if the season of life would change or you're not quite in that season of life yet mm-hmm. there's things that you can do that work at different times and yeah i don't know it's just been so cool to see how they've specifically tried to address getting into community that we've really benefited from Mm-hmm. because we've been able to step into these ways that so easily yeah that that are so easy to say yes to and so yeah. um it's just been cool to be able to you know get get plugged in relatively quickly i would say mm-hmm. even though we've only been here a couple of weeks mm-hmm. almost two months 
I know that's crazy to think about. How do you feel? Um, how do you feel about just like the rhythms as a family? And I, I, I want to get back to this only because I was reminded today of just this sense of, I think I want to make sure that we don't do rhythms for rhythms sake. And even maybe defining like, okay, what do we mean by rhythms? It's the sense of having a, it's, it, it's having something that is consistent and predictable so that we don't have to rethink what we're doing every single week. And obviously having moved to a new place, you have new rhythms and we want to establish that so that there's a level of really order to mm-hmm. our family with more members added to the family. We've had to be a little bit more intentional with that. And so being where we're at today, having been here almost two months, how do you feel about our rhythms with how we're trying to reestablish them here? Yeah, I think for me, when I think of the word rhythms, I think of things or actions that we do that provide a sense of grounding for us as a family. And so I, I think with small children or maybe just our children, they're very <laughs> routine. I don't know. I think a lot of children like structure, but maybe I could be wrong. Yeah. My, our children definitely thrive off of it. And that might be because we are wired that way. Like you are very routine. Mm-hmm. You like to wake up and you would do the same, like go through the same motions, mm-hmm. you know, for sure every day. And that's very satisfying to you. It's very grounding for you. I like a little bit more variety within the structure. I like structure, I think, more than routine of doing the same thing in the same order, in the same Mm -hmm. way. I like to kind of change things up from time to time, but have a structured time for doing those types of activities. Um, But our kids thrive off of that. And so if they're thriving in a structured sense where a very simple thing that I've tried to do, a rhythm I've tried to implement is after breakfast, it's usually the time you're getting ready, you're working from home right now, so you're getting into the office, and I really want that time to be something like a little bit more quiet where you can like just like ease into your day and have some sort of separation from like family crazy time when the kids are like just loud and riley and to like you're going into work mode now. So I've taken the kids out for a morning walk and we do this loop. There's this, we have a beautiful neighborhood. There's a lake. I love taking him out. And then I come back and I put Jude to bed and then Evie and I have time together or she has time with Graham and I use that time to exercise and get ready and and so that's kind of just like our our routine or our rhythm, you know, and it's been working for us. And when they are thriving, then I am thriving, you know. And yeah. so I think one thing that's been a surprising benefit for me is that, I mean, you know this, I don't have to explain this to you. I've never been a morning person my entire <laughs> life. Like literally never. There I didn't even think seasons, about that until now. There have been seasons where I've tried And Mm -hmm. maybe for a couple months I could sustain it. But like, I'm just, I'm not wired that way. I'm a night owl through and through. I can stay up all night, every night. Yeah. And, but then I hate the mornings and and I don't hate the mornings. I actually really enjoy the mornings, but you can't be both. And so like, if you're staying up all night, you're not waking up early, you know? Right. And that's just how I've always been. That's how my dad was. And I'm just very much like him in that way. And I am not a good 
person, not even, I was just going to say, I'm not a good mother. I'm not even a good person when I hit the ground running as soon as like, you know, the kid's light turns green at 7.15 and that's when they know we're coming to get them out of bed. If that's also the time that I'm waking up, like I haven't had coffee. I haven't, like I, I am not a good person. Yeah, you and, haven't and had period they're, anything. They're loud and they're like, you know, Jude's yelling for like he's just like doing this like because he wants food and yeah. I'm like I, I that cannot be the first thing that I hear in the morning. Like I just I cannot and so right I have really tried to form this rhythm of going to bed at a decent hour so that I can wake up early and have some amount of time to myself before mm-hmm. the kids. And for the first time in my life, I've been able to accomplish that this past yeah. week. And it is just, it's so good. And I, I know it's so good, but it's just like, it's just hard because I love my sleep and yeah. I love staying up late. Yeah. But man, to have that time, to have that rhythm in place sets the, it doesn't matter what the rest of my, like, it doesn't matter what the rest of the day looks like. Like I am set up to be a better mom and a yeah. person to the people in my life that right. I encounter. And so that's been one that I've really wanted to hone in on of like, I have got to have this time, like just a moment to myself right? before I hear that, like shrieking for the food. Like I just can't, that cannot be the first thing that I'm waking mm-hmm. up to, or I'm just like very overstimulated, like about to lose it. And it's, like I literally just started my day. Mm-hmm. It just goes downhill from there. Yeah. And I, I think for me, it's just so strange to think about me even articulating this sense of rhythm or, you know, even this idea of like what's an ideal week mm-hmm. only because I've said this before, but I'll say it again that I think sans children Mm -hmm. or before having multiple family members in our family Mm -hmm. the buffer that you have to be able to have mental space to make these decisions on a more regular basis Mm -hmm. is so much greater that you can wake up if it were just you and me you could wake up beyond 7 15 and still have a relaxing day because there's nothing to tend to in terms of humans and so now being a parent, moving back to this idea of like what an ideal week is, which to be honest, at first, at my first time of hearing about it, it was like, what the heck is, why are you trying to make an ideal week? Like, what are you talking about? But the idea of putting preset rhythms in place or preset blocks of time, like it's not even call it rhythms, but having decided preset blocks of times throughout the week so that we can declutter the decision making every single moment every single day and know that it's been laid out for us actually is freeing and it's just been something that I've really benefited from because it's almost like you're decluttering your decision making or decluttering your time management because it's been preset for you Mm mm-hmm I just think that in change or, you know, for us with a move, it's always a little bit challenging because you can't replicate that one for one because you're in a different place. Yeah. And so I think for you, seeing you get up earlier in the mornings, I mean, even if it's, you know, 
I mean, you've been getting up significantly earlier, but I think this idea of getting up at least a little bit before the time that the kids get up so that you have that freedom to decide what you want to do over the next couple of minutes before they get up mm-hmm. gives you this sense of, I am not waking up to a lot of energy. I'm not waking up to, you know, frankly, chaos <laughs> and a dirty diaper that needs to change, yeah. needs to get changed. Yeah. So it, we've really benefited from it. It's worked really well for us to try and get to this place where, okay, this is what we're going to try this week. And there's been a lot of experimenting for us over the last several weeks in terms of what's just worked or mm-hmm. what doesn't work mm-hmm. because we've had to shift things around. But trying to get to a place where, okay, this is what we can do sustainably and we need to move some of these blocks around so that we get to that place, I think is a worthwhile exercise because it does free things up even though it might seem constrained from an outsider's perspective of having every single day or time blocks every single day predetermined for you. Mm -hmm. What has been a positive rhythm that you feel like you've been able to have since being here? I think what I've enjoyed so far here is that the things we were able to do back in Lynchburg before we moved, we had all these blocks, we had all these pieces Mm -hmm. and they kind of just all got thrown out of the calendar. Yeah. And ever having moved here, we've been relatively quick in putting those pieces back in place. Mm Mm-hmm albeit a different day, like a, a super simple example. I used to play Frisbee on Mondays and now it's on Sundays, mm-hmm. right? It's just like a silly example and letting me implement that right back in, you know, fall league started this week in terms of the Frisbee thing. Mm-hmm. And so what I've enjoyed is that we're really moving very quickly to trying to get that back in place. There's still other pieces that are missing, mm-hmm. but for the most part kind of, putting those blocks back down on the tracks has been faster than maybe I initially expected or maybe just right at the pace that we're expecting. Like there, there's progress there and I'm thankful that we're not trying to have to hold up or we're not having to wait up any longer than we have to, to try to get those pieces back in place. Um, And so that's just something maybe that's just because that's how I'm wired. Mm Mm-hmm that I don't feel like I'm really quite there until I get these rhythms even just personally mm-hmm. in place. And so I'm just thankful that we kind of have that. We were able to start stepping through some of the community type things as well. And I know these things at the end of the day are just going to take time. You know, um, you can't just force things to grow when you cultivate something right. faster than it's supposed to. And so I get all of that. But at least we are putting ourselves in position to be able to receive those things yeah. by placing ourselves in those areas or this those scenarios or those rhythms. Yeah. I think one thing that I was able to think through this past week was that, you know, when we moved here, I was also in the middle of a big loss, losing my sister, you know. And so there was just so much that happened in a, like a two-month time frame that I wasn't even able to really allow my mind to accept that she was gone. And so I, there was just so much busyness with the move and things that happened with our previous house and then getting here. And now I just, when we got here, I just had all this time to sit with it, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking about how 
not having community in place could allow me to just shove it all down and nobody would know any different. Like there was nobody in my life who could be like, hey, are you okay? Or how are you doing about Kay? You know, like there was nobody who knew that I was just reeling inside. You know, I meet new people and it's like, hey, I'm Ashley. Everything's great. I just moved yeah, here, you know? Right. And so I, I felt like there was, I was like on this tipping point of the a verge of like, I could go down two paths here. I could either be willing to build, like cult, like try to cultivate this community. So, because it is important to have people in your life who have those eyes on like, Mm-hmm. how are you doing, you know, or who could say like, Hey, I can see you're not doing well, you know, like you need those kind of people in your life. And I guess it was just a reminder of that for me. Not that like I had forgotten that or, you know, I didn't realize that, but it just became so evident that like, man, I am in a position where I could totally shove this down and nobody would know. Yeah. And that I would just never process this death, you know? And so I think, for me, it, it's just been, I think the whole process of us moving and uprooting and now having to rebuild is really just showing me how important it is that you have to have people in your life who know you, who have eyes on your life, on your marriage, on your parenting, on your relationships, on your whatever it is, you know, like you have to have people who can look at you and say, hey, I can tell you're not okay. Yeah. Because otherwise... You can just totally float through, you know? Right. Yeah, especially because you're kind of a blank canvas when you meet new people. Yeah. Because you don't have any... There's no preconceived notion of who you are, what your personality is, what you've gone through. And moving to the area for, you know, in our case, work, is seen as a good it's thing exciting. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, a yeah. positive thing yeah yeah and so meanwhile too you have to balance just meeting somebody and, and not wanting to be like hey i'm going through this devastating exactly loss. hi i'm ashley my <laughs> sister died yeah it's just like oh and that that's that's not how you're going to introduce yourself but that it's also something that you're carrying with you everywhere you're going right in terms of that being a true statement right and a reality of what you're dealing with and so yeah i think it's something that you find yourself at the crossroads i guess where you have to make the decision of whether or not you're going to disclose that part of you which you could get much more easily away with because you're in a new place exactly yeah i guess i was just made aware of in in all these meetings with these people and it's just like hey hey you know, all this exciting mm-hmm. thing, but knowing that inside I'm really hurting still, you know, yeah. and I, I don't have a poker face. So it's, it's not like I'm the greatest person at hiding how I'm feeling. I mean, I wear my emotions like on my face all the time. Like if I'm happy, you know it, if I'm not, you know it too, you right. know? And so this has been a little bit different because I'm still processing and don't think I've been able to feel through some of the grief that I probably need to, but it just was like, huh, this is an interesting facet of grief. Like I've dealt with grief before, but this is an interesting layer that yeah. I haven't dealt with of not being around people who know me deeply 
and can know when I'm okay or not. And I don't have to tell them Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to have to tell people when I'm not okay because nobody knows me here, you know? And so that was just an interesting realization getting to know people, like meet all these new people of like, wow, this is like an interesting thing I'm navigating right now. And, and I was telling you this too, like I know you, but because we're in some place new, that has no context of your sister in it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't come across to me Yeah. of something that I'm even like fully conscious of all the time. Right. Um, and so it gets away from me even love and yeah. just realizing, and it's not until, you know, I hear you're talking to your mom or something that's related back to mm-hmm. not even Lynchburg, but like New York. Right. Yeah. That yeah. I string that back together and, yeah, like you can almost, like you you have to have some sort of emotional intelligence to be able to connect those two things. But making, being geographically f- separated from it too. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just like an interesting thing I was yeah. realizing this week in the midst of just the community building process. Of yeah. Like, man, this is an interesting aspect of grief i haven't dealt with before yeah so it's totally random too and i'll we'll close this with this and i don't even know if we're going to keep this in the podcast but speaking of cultivating i'm going to tackle that front yard and do the overseeding <laughs> <laughs> okay and so it's first time doing it or trying it and to me this is just like okay we're going to do this we're in a new place we're going to cultivate literally new grass on the front yard <laughs> and um yeah we definitely shouldn't keep this but no we can i just it's it's something that i'm like trying to tackle being in a new place and yeah. we never really did this in the old place that's because our old yard was like this unruly thing like we had all these high hopes moving into that house and then we had a baby and we were like right. yeah ain't none of this we, we ran out of yeah, yeah we just ran out of steam i'd be lucky to even mow it and now <laughs> Because it's tiny. This is, yeah, so much easier to manage. Right. I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to have the greenest yard. And so (laughs) we're going to take that on and I will make sure to just hopefully see progress in that and report back with positive updates. But that's, it's something that I'm excited about doing, which I've never been excited about any yard work ever. So yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was just unruly for us both yeah. to tackle that. There right. was a lot, a lot, lot, lot that needed to be done. And we just ran out yeah. of steam and funds. So, yeah, I'm getting a lot of help from our friends who have done this before. And by a lot of friends, I mean one friend, <laughs> Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll let you know how that goes. And um, yeah, so that's that's how it's been. A green grass. That's right. Well, you know, there was a philosopher once who said, grass ain't always greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it, babe. That's right. So we're trying to... Actually, that was Justin Bieber. Oh, gosh. I didn't even (laughs) put that together. He's like, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. So I know we got issues, baby. True, true, true. But I rather work on them and you go ahead and start with someone new. As long as you love me. That's that definitely wasn't his original writing, so <laughs> I won't credit that to him. 
Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.